The church of the Lord Jesus is described like going into battle in a foreign world, a world of sin and iniquity, a world of all the powers of evil around us. And this standard is Christ. This standard is Christ. I want you to notice that in the next verse, and when it mentions the standard, verse 20 mentions, and the Redeemer. Now, there is only one Redeemer in the Bible. There is only one Redeemer of God's people, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we're turning to a wonderful text in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. There are many enemies for the child of God, many that pursue and seek to take us down. But the greatest enemy is the enemy within our own sinful, carnal, rebellious nature. We need victory over that enemy, and today I trust the Lord will use his word to lead you into the victory. We have a hymn today by Al Smith singing, He Giveth More Grace. And that is our strength, that is our power to, to fight this spiritual battle against sin. May the Lord bless you today as you continue to listen. More grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. Who added affliction, he added his mercy. Who multiplied trials, his multiplied His love has no limit, His grace has no measure, His power has no boundary known unto man. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, And giveth, and giveth again. Woke up one morning with this text in my mind, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's Hebrews 12.2. And then later that day, as I was praying, another verse came to my mind. The text before us today, Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So we have two verses, two texts. And then as I looked at them more and more, I discovered really they are virtually the same emphasis. When the enemy comes in like a flood, maybe you've been watching those poor people who are struggling at this time against the rising tide of waters and floods in the Midwest. How helpless people are when a flood comes along. It just keeps rising and rising, and there you are, 
looking at this disaster unfolding before your eyes, what can be done? And many people try different things, of course. They try putting up berms and sandbags, and they run the pumps, and yet the water just keeps rising and rising until the point where there's no point anymore. You, you can't hold it back anymore. Isaiah takes that language, and he talks about the despair of God's people, Judah, back in his day. And they saw the enemy, the tide of evil, come up and up and up and up, and all that they sought to do to withstand it was pointless. And they came to the place where they just threw up their hands. But Isaiah had a word from the Lord, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against it. Well, here is the Lord's answer to the enemies of his church. What God said to Judah, he says to his church, to his own people. And what a description of the, the enemy's work. It's unmanageable, it's persistent, it is powerful. And what are we to withstand that awful force of evil? But God has promised that he will lift up a standard against it. He'll stop the trend. He'll deliver us from the rising tide of sin and iniquity and temptation and the devil's work and the world and all its forces against the Christian and against the church. And so this text gives us great hope that while we witness and fear these things, that God is yet in control. Now, you can take this in a number of ways, of course. This is a word for your heart that you can take a number of ways. You can apply it to your own life and your own home. And there are things that are overwhelming, things that you just don't know how you're ever going to resist. There are some, and I, I, I fear not a few, who are greatly overwhelmed by the powers of sin. Sin within sins, temptations, and allurements, and its awful ravages, that no matter what the Bible teaching and the moral emphasis that people give on what is right and what is wrong, and in this passage of Isaiah talks about truth falling in the streets, and that's the age certainly in which we live. But in the midst, God promises a standard the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. Now, a standard was an ensign that was used by a marching army going into battle, representing its empire or its nation. And they would have a pole with a, an insignia, a banner uh, that would identify the glory, the might of the nation, the empire that they were going into battle for. The church of the Lord Jesus is described like going into battle in a foreign world, a world of sin and iniquity, a world of all the powers of evil around us. And this standard is Christ. This standard is Christ. I want you to notice that in the next verse, and when it mentions the standard, verse 20 mentions, and the Redeemer. Now, there is only one Redeemer in the Bible. There is only one Redeemer of God's people, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And the army that's marching into battle, as they looked to that very standard, 
They were guided and directed and led into battle. What are we to do? We're to look to our standard. And therefore, Hebrews 12, 2 is compatible, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, this Isaiah 59 is a great display of the Redeemer's victorious victory over sin and evil. If you want to read a very deep source of depravity, read the earlier verses of this chapter. It can be somewhat depressing. And if you read verse 15, you'll notice it says, Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. That could be the new convert, the person who has said, I'm done. I'm over with this old life. I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to do the right. And immediately that person's targeted. And there are those times when Satan seems to just train his guns on a certain person or a certain church, and he just batters and batters and batters away until there's a prey. It's like a person just being taken down. And how then we need our Redeemer uh, to come in grace. At the end of verse 15, you'll see the Lord saw it. And the Lord saw it. And it displeased him that there was no judgment. No judgment. Verse 16, there was no man, no intercessor. Therefore, his arm, his arm. When we are at our last extremity and are absolutely undone and hopeless, then the Lord intervenes with his arm. That's the story. That's the testimony of every Christian. When we came to the end of ourselves, when we came to the state of absolute hopelessness, the enemy had us down and defeated. Then the Lord came to deliver. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he promises to raise up a standard against him. Now, this flood you will read of it in the book of Revelation. It is the flood that is out to destroy the woman or the church. Let me just read you a, a couple of verses in Revelation 12. The serpent cast out his mouth, water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away with the flood. You see, Satan has always been seeking to destroy the church. And this church is always under attack. Old Testament, New Testament, Every century, every generation, Satan's desire is to destroy the church. But we're told here that this standard will not fail. Our Lord will drive the flood back. Better than any sandbags, better than any uh, pumps, whether they're run by generators or gas engines, whatever, better than anything to stem the tide of iniquity is our Redeemer. And Christian, that's what you need. That's what every man or woman needs that wants to flee from sin, who wants to live aright and do for God what they need to do. You need that Redeemer. You need that standard. So the sermon today is rallying around the standard of Christ for our souls rallying around the standard. I want you to get the picture of the soldiers following the ensign, the banner 
this standard into battle. And every soldier that is amongst that army, he keeps his eyes upon that standard. What are you to do as a Christian? Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's why God has designed this communion table, that we continue to look unto Jesus. These emblems, bread and the cup, are ordained of God to keep our eyes upon our Lord Jesus. They remind us of the man of Calvary, the Redeemer of our souls. And this is our standard now. As Christians, as those who have fled from sin and are seeking refuge and help in the very name of the Lord. Let me get to the message here. Firstly, Christ is the standard of our faith. I've gone ahead of myself a little bit and talked a lot about this army, this uh, military looking to the standard. But how important you see, the soldier that starts looking at the terrain and the geography and the, the other w routes that he might take, he ends up losing out, out of sync with the army, out of sync with his leader. And how easy it is for every one of us to lose sight of the way of our salvation. Now, we need faith in Christ as the author and finisher of our faith. That's Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And of course, our Lord Jesus has, uh, is a complete Savior, a complete Redeemer. He is the architect who designs it, and he is the builder who hands over the keys and gives you the building. He's the author and the finisher. And this plan of redemption, salvation, this a way of grace that leads us into glory. Our Lord Jesus begins it and he completes it totally for us. That's why we're to get our eyes on him. We'll keep our eyes on him continually and totally. For he is the author of it. We need faith in Christ's work that it was done on the cross. Hebrews 12, 2 says, endured the cross. He endured the cross. And of course, you can't have a redeemer. You can't have a savior. You can't have one who delivers us from sin without his work on that cross. He did the work on that cruel tree at Calvary. I think we looked at Easter season quite a bit of our Savior's accomplishments on that cross. But this table brings us back to that very, very thing. Christ was our sacrifice. He suffered and he got the victory for his people. He accomplished all that was required for his people. And so we're to stop what we're doing. We're to cease from everything else and rest. Looking unto Jesus is to rest. It's to cease all our attempts and rest in the accomplishment of our Lord Jesus. We also need faith in our Lord's joy. Hebrews 12, 2 says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. This is not a funeral service today. This is not for the Christian's mourning. 
Unless, of course, you're not a Christian and you're mourning over your sin and you're not even saved. Yes, then this will, this will show you the, the urgent great need in your heart and life. The joy that was set before him, of course, is the joy of bringing his children into glory. Presenting us to the Father, spotless, without wrinkle, a beautiful bride. What joy is in the heart of the Lord, even as he went to the cross. And so we put our faith in the sense and the note of victory and triumph that our Lord accomplished on that cross. We need faith in Christ's triumph. He's now at the right hand of the Father. He's set down at the right hand of God. There's nothing left hanging in the balance here. When our Lord Jesus sat down, it means the work's done. That's how it is. You don't sit down until the work's done. Ladies in the kitchen, whatever you're doing, you, you, you can't just abandon it and go sit down. And you, you can't have a contented feeling knowing the task is not accomplished. You finish the work, then you rest. That's what our Lord Jesus did. He finished the work. He accomplished it all and was then ascended to his Father to sit down. And there is the focus of our faith. This is all accomplished. We're talking here about accomplished redemption. That is now our benefit, our blessing. And we're receiving gifts by grace, by faith. And we're taking them as the finished work of our blessed Lord Jesus. And so this is the gospel. You're called to rally around this banner, this standard. And that's how you, firstly, you're saved, and that's how you keep your strength, your focus, your whole attention is on the finished work, the accomplishments of the Lord Jesus. So he is the focus of our faith. He's also the standard for our fight. This is a battle now. When the enemy comes in like a flood, how do we handle this? We face an awful enemy, a vicious enemy, and a constant enemy. And there's a battle going on for our souls and for truth and for the honor of our Savior's name. And he comes in like a flood. Sometimes we say that troubles come in three. You know, why does the washing machine break down on the same day that the garage door breaks down and you happen to bump into the neighbor down the street? Trouble comes in threes. And when you're a Christian, Satan attacks in many, many different ways. And it's then we need to look and lift up the standard of our Lord and know his help and his victory. We need to take the cross of Christ to fight against the flood of errors. We're living in an age of, of awful religious confusion the internet is a, is a source of the, of the lies of the devil abundant. And we need to take that cross to fight against these errors, the errors of humanism. Humanism is, I did it my way. That's contrary to the Christian peace of the work of the cross. Christ did it for me. That's, that's Christian. That's the gospel. We get rid of self. 
and how big we are and how good we are and how better we are. We get rid of all this self-thinking and we abase ourselves. I am a rotten, hell-deserving sinner, but Christ did the work for me to lift me up and to deliver me. We also face the enemy of easy believism, which really is easy denial. Easy believism says, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe that God made the world in six days. That's called in some circles easy believism. It's really easy denial. It would be easy to say, I can, I believe that God is good. But he would never send a, a sinner to hell for all eternity. That's easy denial. When you go to the cross, you get your answer. God hates sin. God hates sin with a holy hatred and eternal hatred. And God punished his son, an eternal person, to draw his blood to make an eternal offering. That was required. And what does a man who dies in his sin, why is he in hell for all eternity? Because his sin demands justice. And that justice is infinite and eternal. And my friend, if you're not under the blood of Jesus, if you are not looking to that standard, what an awful eternity awaits your soul. We also need to take the cross of Christ to fight against the flood of iniquities. Iniquities. Hollywood, the internet, perilous times, we are warned, will come upon the church. Perilous times when men will be lovers of themselves more than the lovers of God. Uh, that's the entertainment world. If it makes me feel good, that's what I want. But lovers of God seek to glorify him and honor him alone. And so we need to plead the promise here that God will destroy these enemies, these lusts, these uh, corruptions that drag us down. You know what I'm talking about. You know the battle you have with sin. You know the lusts of your own mind and heart. You know the things that plague you. And, and, and there are times when you get peace, and there's times when you get no peace, and there's times when you just are, are dragged to the point where you can't pray and you can't read your Bible with any peace, and it's, it's a plague and it's annoying, and it grieves you, and it grieves the Lord, and you lose his power. What are you to do? What are you to do? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Turn with me to Romans 8, verse 13. Romans 8, 13. This is a great passage to show us what grace does in the heart of the born-again Christian, those that are struggling against sin and all its powers and lusts and evils. And here we see the place of victory. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit... Now, I've chosen this verse and thought on this verse because it links up with Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord, that's the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, His ministry delivers. He's the Spirit of Christ. He is the same one who rested upon Christ. 
and he leads us to Christ. And here you'll see that for the, the troubled believer who through the Spirit do mortify, mortify, that's put to death, slay the deeds of the body. You see, the tragedy is our bodies become our enemies if they are left to the flesh and the natural carnal lusts of the flesh. Uh, the enemies within us, the enemy is me, the old me, the, the old Adam still in there. And you battle against that sin in your heart, the lust that is within your own bosom, and it comes like a flood. And when you, and sometimes you, you, you pray, Lord, take this away, but the flood keeps rising. And you think by going to church or by going to some meeting or activity that you, you're going to get victory, but the flood keeps rising. And you get to the place of being desperate. What do you do? Through the Spirit. You pray earnestly for the Spirit of God to fill your heart. You pray for the Spirit of God who gave you a new nature by which you were born again, by which you became a Christian, that that new nature will grow and get strong, and that through the Spirit you will put to death, mortify the lusts of the flesh, the deeds of the body. Here's the place of victory. And it's available to you just as the cross is God's way of salvation made available the Holy Spirit is available to every Christian. He will come and do a great work in you and give you the victory. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength is failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's forgiving is only begun. His love has no limit, His grace has no measure, His power comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187-90-58 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. 
For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.